You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, the podcast for everyday environmentalists. Hi, and welcome to Sustainably Geeky, episode 11. We are here today with Jennifer, Hello. Chris, and Ray. Hello. And, and we have a special guest, Lena, today. Hi. And we're going to be talking about sustainable parenting. So disclaimer, before we get started, um, neither I nor the other Jen on the show is a parent yet. So (laughs) we are going to be providing some supplemental information, but the majority of the um, real life experience and tips you'll get um, will be coming from Ray, Chris, and Lena. So we will try not to parent explain to you guys too much. (laughs) Go ahead. I'd be really (laughs) interested. We were such awesome what parents. I think you guys should do. Do say right. <laughs> um, I, but before can, we get started, can I just um, add let's? To that? Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Can I just add to that that yeah. whatever worked for us may not work for you. So you have to do what works for you as well, and and your whole family. And I'm sure Lena can say that too. Like, yeah, because we planned on certain things, and we thought for sure we were going to do this. And then it happens, it's like, no, that's not going to work. No. Yep. You live and you learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we're just providing two perspectives. And uh, when you become a parent, I have heard that you can make all the plans in the world. But um, at the end of the day, whether you're trying to live sustainably or not, um, you know, you don't have a lot of control over the things that happen with the, with the kids and in your house and that's fine. So we just want to give you guys some options and show you a couple of perspectives. Um, so Chris and Ray, can you guys kind of just start by telling us about your kids and, you know, why you decided to try to parent sustainably and just give us a brief, you know, overview and then we'll jump into some of the actual tips and tricks. Yeah, sure. So uh, I have a wife that's a pain in the ass and <laughs> <laughs> Well, she brought, she brought me onto the dark side. <laughs> yes, I am the hippie of the two of us. So it was me introducing Ray into all these things, which I think happens in parenting. You read something, you find something out, and then you tell your partner. So a lot of the sustainable eco tips, whatever, um, were my idea first and then telling him. But we have two kids. We have a boy and a girl. Our daughter, Logan, is 13, and our son, Quinn, is 11. We live in Ontario, Canada, and yeah, <laughs> and um, we have been um, initially uh, when we had our daughter, she was a lovely surprise. So we were not prepared whatsoever. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, we're very most parents don't. Yeah, we were a little young. <laughs> we there. Yeah. So we didn't know what we were doing, um, and we, I think, like most new parents, rely on. Their, you know, your own parents' guidance and things like that. So they are very traditional. We did the formula, the diapers, everything. Unfortunately, our parents weren't super supportive of any um, ecological, sustainable ideas that we had at all. At all, <laughs> I got, I still get made fun of for Logan's birthday cake when she was one. My mom still makes fun of me for that. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> but she got a hit. What's the cake? It was bana- chocolate banana loaf, except I made it with whole wheat flour. Logan what Logan ate it. She, she loved it. it. She it loved it. She didn't chocolate it. sauce and everything. the one-year-old. He's one. She's not her then. So my mom's makes fun of me. We did try cloth oh. diapering. It was a disaster. Yeah, the Pro cream tip. cream does not 
it if seals up your, yeah, your diapers. If you so. have cream, butt cream with zinc in it, it creates a lovely little protective waterproof barrier for the diapers. We didn't know that. We also, there weren't blogs, there weren't, there wasn't Instagram or anything when we first became parents. So we didn't have a lot of resources to draw from. So a lot of it was travel. It was all still kind of out there. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> so it wasn't until we moved here about six years ago when we sold everything and lived in a trailer that we really dived into yeah. the the more hippie side of things. And the kids were seven and five at that point. So it seems like forever. Okay. It does. But that's <laughs> when it all started. And now, you know, six years later, we're still living it. Awesome. Yeah. So y'all will give us kind of a perspective of, uh, you know, the older kids, yeah. what you're going through now and some yeah. from when they were, were younger. Literally. Lena actually has uh, two younger kids under th two, under the age of three. So Lena, tell us about your journey with this and your, your kids. Yeah, well, I have this friend who's a pain in my ass, and her name is Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I can take all the credit for this. Yeah. <laughs> I would prefer to use the word inspiration, really. But um, so, you know, it's a hard time, I think, to be a parent because you wonder the number one thing you can do for the environment is not reproduce. Mm -hmm. um, and, which is a hard thing to say out loud. And, but I think we have to really think about that. That weighs heavy on me. I made the decision to have kids anyways, and I'm love my kids. I'm thankful for my kids, but I also want to make sure that I'm not making a selfish choice um, and that I'm responsible with that. So um, we've been trying, we try just one thing at a time, you mm -hmm. know, so this week, my examples too were very non-traditional parents. And I found very quickly that like, you can't control what happens at Nana's house um, or, or Gigi's house. They're going to do whatever they want to do. Um, so, yeah. And you just got to let it go. Cause you're thankful for the help. Thank for yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you can't control everything, but we just try to kind of limit one thing at a time. So and we did a lot of decisions. Um, my husband had not had any exposure to kids. So whenever we decided to have a family, like he, he was terrified. Right. So certain things like cloth diapers were a hard. No, like mm -hmm. that was a hard, like that sounds horrible for me. I don't want to do it. And it's like, well, if I want help with the diapers, I should consider his feelings. Mm -hmm. So we kind of compromise on some of those things. And um, we didn't make the cloth diaper choice, <laughs> but um, you know, it was a, it was an honest debate in our household mm -hmm. whether or not to do it. Um, but we did do some other alternative diaper situations, you know, trying to be as friendly as possible within using regular diapers. But anyways, that's kind of my backstory. We're learning as we go. We started daycare. So that's been fun. Mm -hmm. Um a whole new amount of problems. So, yeah. What do you do with all that artwork, right? Like it's <laughs> all the crafts that come with. They come home with paper every day. Yeah. And I'm like, she is six months old. She doesn't need to make artwork at school. No. <laughs> I am not for this. <laughs> and then there's the tears. She finds it in the trash can, you know, like oh, yeah. just tears. Like you recycling. Like our recycling bins are open. So yeah. if I go to recycle some of the artwork, it's where she can see it. Mm -hmm. You're throwing yeah. away my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just real tears. Real tears. <laughs> yeah. The struggle's real. Yeah. At that age. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything. Um, okay. Well, 
Awesome. So you guys have kind of already touched on this. So I guess let's just jump into diapering. I mean, you mentioned that you, Chris and Ray, tried cloth diapering. Lena, you have tried some other um, types of diapers. So when people are thinking about diapers, obviously, I think when I think about parenting, the, the big one of the biggest waste producers is diapers, right? Um, and they're, they're a lot of times got a lot of plastic on them. Um, I think recently, more recently, as consumers become more conscious, companies are starting to make them uh, with more natural materials that break down some, but um, there are still some issues with a lot of the, you know, if there are chemicals in them and things like that. So what kind of research did y'all do or what kind of lessons did you learn, I guess, with this? Sensitive skin knows <sighs> no brand. Your baby could react to the most fluffiest cloud natural material ever and they'll break out in the worst rash ever. So you have to, unfortunately, it's a bit of an experiment. We did the traditional diapers. Again, there wasn't anything that was organic or disposable. It was really expensive. So we couldn't afford that at the time. Um, so yeah, baby skin is just sort of a bit of a crapshoot. It really depends. It's yeah. very crappy. It's and very when we, yeah, it's very crappy. Um, and when we did try cloth diapers. Yeah, I think our daughter was one, and um, we didn't do it for our son. We were just like, nope, total nightmare. Yeah. We are going with the path of least resistance with two. So we just did traditional diapers with him. But yeah, it, it has to work for your budget because cloth diapers are a big initial investment. Well, but the the nice thing. Yeah, explain how you actually clean them and use them. I mean, sorry, I mean. Yep. Go ahead. No, well, finish what you were going to say. I was just going to say, explain <laughs> how you use them and, and clean them and everything. Well, okay, yeah. so we so the cloth diapers that we had had their own liners as well, right? So you had a reusable liner, uh, and then you had the the cloth part that went inside the liner, mm -hmm. uh, so that they were easy to put on and off. I will say, at first, they were okay. They they absorbed enough urine and they absorbed. That's the other thing. If they have messy poops, don't use them. No, anything. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Fiery um, poops. Not yeah, a good idea. No, no, not at all. Uh, but um, the what we didn't have, and we were trying to research, was they have. Um, they have bins and stuff that you can get where you just put the whole thing in that, like, and then you put it at the side of the road and they have a company oh, that would pick yeah. them up and clean them for you and drop off a fresh set, which would have been amazing, except it wasn't available where we were. And uh, if think if that had been available, especially with Quinn, we would have jumped all over it. Yeah, but we, yeah. Live in rural, we live in rural Midwestern Ontario, so a diaper service was not available, mm. but we did do disposable. Yeah, yeah, which unfortunately it is. just is what it is. But there are a lot, I will say, because it was over a decade ago. So the options, yeah, world. So the options that are available now are, it's amazing. It's amazing what's available now. So to the new parent who wants to make conscious decisions, you have a lot more options, options yeah. than what we did. But again, it's up to baby skin um, at the end of it. Yeah. Whether they like I think it you have to consider like your help. You know, so mm -hmm. a lot of daycares won't take cloth diapers. Yes, at all. I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. And um, and like, you know, for me, I had grandparents that were doing some of the childcare whenever my kids were little. And it's like, am I gonna ask my, you know, eighty year old grandmother to wash a cloth diaper, you know? So you just kinda gotta think about how it impacts everyone around you. Yeah. And um 
And so for us, cloth diapers, but I did read online that like, even if you can lose, use a cloth diaper, sometimes mm -hmm. they still recommend that. Um, Cause any diaper that you're not throwing in the trash is obviously a win, yeah. um, which, you know, I didn't do, but um, I think it also helps whenever you get to the point when babies are little, it is normal for a baby to poop anywhere from seven times a day to once every seven days. Yes. You heard me correctly. Both of those are normal, which basically is to say that nothing <laughs> is normal. <laughs> Everything is normal. Got it. So if you have a baby that's pooping seven times a day, obviously cloth diapers are going to have a different impact on you yeah. than if you have a baby that's pooping one time a day. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I didn't know until I was actually preparing for this podcast is that even if you use regular diapers, you are supposed to knock the poop off into the toilet before you throw it away. Because human feces <laughs> in the landfill actually at some point could affect our water supply. Sorry for everybody. <laughs> I know no one who does that. <laughs> I breastfed both of my children. So when you talk about the consistency of poop, like we have nothing but beautiful mustard yellow. Uh -huh. It's mustard yellow and it is loose 100% of the time. It is never fully formed poop. So I'm not sure how you get that into the toilet, just from a sheer logic perspective. Jen's face, yeah. Jen's face is trying so hard not to laugh. I know, Jen, I'm just watching you right now. I can't so handle this. You're right. She's like, I'm done. I was just watching I'm you get out. redder and redder. <laughs> I thought I was imagining it too. So thank you for those listening. Jen yeah. is making some yeah. incredulous faces right now. She's, yeah, she can't away with something. She didn't know this podcast was going to go okay. this way. Straight out of the poop. Straight in. Yeah. Well, we're just starting. I mean, buckle up. What happens, man? Oh, yeah. Wait till we get to puke. Like, so hang on a minute. So just to let you guys know, uh, uh, just because we're in the topic anyway. Uh, a friend of mine, he had to go through a pretty quick emergency uh, with his child around Christmas time because he, his child was about two, couldn't really talk all that much, and decided to eat uh, two magnets. <gasps> yeah. Who was that? <laughs> Which, uh, Mike. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, so... He had to fix through the poop. Make sure the magnets pass. So yes, he had to then open every diaper afterwards, and he had a special fork that was delineated just to this job, and he had to match it all out to look for the magnets afterwards. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> welcome to parenthood. Yeah, welcome to parenthood. Yeah. <sighs> um. <laughs> you get it. So, so I guess you mentioned that the, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to just say with regards to like regular diapers, there are a lot of eco-friendly options now that are made out of sustainable resources like bamboo. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I, I think the heart, huh? Where were those when? We yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And you can get them on Amazon and subscribe and save. So they give you like a 20% discount if you get a box once a month. And um, just options that weren't available, no, you know, yeah, we did a subscription service, and so every six weeks awesome. it sends me, like, seven packs of diapers, and I get a discount because I buy them, you know, in packs of six, and the hard part is you can't just go to the grocery store and grab them if you need them, mm -hmm. you know, so you do kind of sacrifice that, but in a pinch, you can always use something else, yep. um, but to answer, we, we, we talked about cloth diapers a lot, but to talk about regular yep. diapers. 
that's nice that there's those options now. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you guys talked a little bit about the the cream forming that waterproof barrier. So, yeah. is there anything that can be used with cloth diapers or regular that is sure sustainable is and not? I think oh. it's kind of bad for the environment, anyways. But yeah, it's um, a diaper rash like that, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, I'm sure there are now. There weren't. There weren't really again that were economical. Um, there's way more things now that are way more doable and you could make your own i did oh, know a couple yeah. of moms back in the day who did make their own diaper cream i just wasn't that savvy um i'm sure there's a yeah. coconut oil based one out there somewhere now <laughs> coconut oil is good for everything right slap it on there it's fine before we move on jen do you have anything you want to add to this topic <laughs> Um, I have a question about baby powder. I've heard yeah. that there's like bad stuff in that. Did you guys? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. What like oh. products specifically do you guys have like brand names that you prefer? We didn't use baby powder. No. We didn't. Okay. Yeah. I think you have to think about what the reasoning for using baby powder is. And usually what baby powder can solve can be solved with fresh air. Yeah. So like, just put a blanket in the backyard and set your naked baby on it, and its butt will dry. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Let them be free. A better dealer. Yeah. <laughs> That's all awesome. I got. Anything else before we move on, guys? <laughs> Just be gentle with topic. yourself with the whole diapering thing. Like we yeah, said before, don't feel too guilty about it. You can it. have this great, glorious green plan, but it really gets shot to hell once you have kids. Especially yeah. in, in an emergency. Yes. <laughs> Things happen. You have to be gentle with yourself with this whole thing because it's, yeah, it's, there's no handbook. You learn on your feet. And I don't know about you guys. We didn't use, um, we didn't use baby powder. We also didn't really use rash cream. Um, I maybe used one tube on each of my kids total. Like, oh, we had to. We had to with, with the, uh, yeah, because they had really sensitive skin. Yeah. So for both of them, we had to more our son because. Um, oh, I disagree. I think Logan had. Really? Oh, yeah. Whatever. It was a long time ago. Yeah. We used it. We had. To. There was. Yeah. It was. I remember both of them having a really bad rash once each time, and it had to happen. Our yeah. poor son was. We didn't know it, but he was lactose intolerant. We didn't mm. find out he was three, so we were wondering why he was just blowing out like six or seven diapers a day and he had a bad rash yeah. and then once we got off the the dairy he was fine yeah look at jen oh jen my husband's a nurse and so he's like why do you freak out about baby diapers i have to wipe like human yeah. butts I was about to say, <laughs> yes. as soon as they start it's eating table, table food, food, it smells like anything. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Especially when they're sick. Yeah. Oh, don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy that had to change the diaper with the towel around his face. It was awful. Okay. So, <laughs> totally off topic, he made a big literal He was saying. He would put his t-shirt up over his nose every single time. And then a towel around it. He would either cough or gag <laughs> yes. every time. I didn't. I must have. Why don't you just buy a face mask? Like, 
Because the tell it was worked. his own kids. I can understand with other people's kids, like smelling. Ew. That's gross. But like, so yeah, our own children. He was gay. He made a big scene. It was ridiculous. Every time. Every time. It was dramatic. Well, this might not be the best transition, but since we're talking about food, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the, about food. And, and uh, oh. obviously, when they're younger, um, you know, a lot of folks try to breastfeed. Lena, I know you're a very big proponent of breastfeeding, and um, then once they start eating other foods, there's different options as far as what you can buy or make. So, what was y'all's experience um, with all that? Uh, I had postpartum with my daughter, so breastfeeding wasn't even an option. I actually had prenatal depression, so with her, it wasn't even. I couldn't. I couldn't at all. Um, I I couldn't emotionally, mentally, physically. I could have. Um, so, and it was it was pretty decent depression for about six to nine months, and then once I had my son, it was so wonderful and great. I didn't want to rock the boat and it come back again. So we formula fed both the kids. Which was helpful for me as well because it made me feel like I could actually help, yeah. especially during helped, the night. Yeah, and it helped me, um, it helped me deal with the the postpartum. So for us, formula feeding saved saved us. Yeah, and I think recognizing that their like formula is a great option, especially for dads, and that breastfeeding yeah. is a legitimate sacrifice. Like it oh, is. Yeah. Well, yeah. It is really hard. And I have his sister is like, she's, (laughs) she is a breastfeeding guru. This woman breastfed two, she has three children. So the first two, she breastfed for two years. The last baby was three and a half years. She breastfed and she was a champ for her. It was, it was the sacrifice, but she, it was a willing sacrifice. Right. And then, uh, yeah, but she she loved it she was on the relation league and everything she she thought was super important i just couldn't do it and it was one of those it may be best in terms of all these things that you can think of but in terms of for for my survival i just couldn't do it don't feel guilty if you have to go that way like it's again it is a viable option there are some better things on the market now. oh yeah way better formula than what we Um, (laughs) yeah but again, yeah. it's 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 an option out there that if you are struggling, use it. Yeah, right? like it's absolutely, absolutely, and even as supplementing. You know, a lot yes. of moms when they yes. go back to work really struggle and beat themselves up when their milk mm-hmm. supply dries up. Yeah. and its formula is perfectly good. There yeah. is yes. nothing wrong with formula. Formula no. is great. My kids are fine. They're thriving. They're great. Yeah. Um, but for us, it was the best option, and for. Um, especially for my recovery. It was huge for us to have formula. Yeah. And breastfeeding. A yeah, lot I think that's really important. Sorry. Go ahead, finish. <laughs> well, okay. A lot of people think that if you're breastfeeding, there isn't waste. Um, but that is a misnomer because mm-hmm. if you are storing any milk, all of those breast milk bags go in the waste. And for me, I had... I actually have about a three month store of breast milk in my freezer right now. That's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Like everybody's like, kudos. Like I will be able to continue giving my daughter breast milk even when I stop producing. Mm -hmm. But the downside is that that's an amount of milk that I can't store in like, you know, plastic reusable containers that stuff in plastic bags. And every time I put milk in a plastic bag, I just think 250 years, like, 
this is going to be in a landfill somewhere for 250 years and they're mm -hmm. not recyclable and they're not, you know, mm -hmm. so I think it's definitely something, you know, that you have to kind of enter into knowing, knowing what you're getting into because there's no perfect solution. No. And that's the thing is that there isn't because, you know, there, with the formula, there's the cans that are, are wasteful. Um, you have bottles. Uh, they're much better bottle options now for us. It was plastic. Yep. That's what we could use. Um, there's the liners. The liners. There's the sterilization equipment. Like there's, all, there's, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Whatever works for you and your baby, that's what you should do. And sort of the environment needs to sort of take a back seat for a little bit because it's about survival at that point, right? especially when they're newborns. You just have to get through it. So I was reading about this bottle uh, called Pura bottles, and mm -hmm. they are stainless steel, the bottle part. And then the nipple is silicone, medical grade silicone. So no liners used and it's stainless steel. So it's, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, taste like metal or, you know, mm -hmm. have residue. But I thought that was interesting, but not having um, used them in years, for, except for when I was helping with my siblings and all we had were the liners and everything. I don't know how those would function. I just thought that was an interesting concept. So read about air. And then, well, the air yeah, intake. So the air we we did come across um, a couple of bottles that we used at the time. They were reusable liners. I remember having to wash the liners really? separately. Yeah, we did have those, and it would allow the the air. They wouldn't suck as much air in. That we being had said, we had pukers, so it was really really important we get all the air out because we had pukers. They were bad. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Logan, every time there was a hiccup or a little bit of a burp, you were changing. You are closing her clothes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just <laughs> epic. Beyond reflux. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. It can, and Quinn wasn't as bad, but Logan was our barfer. You'd have to hold her out. <laughs> yeah, just through. <laughs> it's just away from you. Yeah. <laughs> just get it all. Away. Oh. Well, if, if anyone's listening that is an aspiring uh, engineer scientist, this is a great opportunity, yeah. it sounds like, to develop more sustainable uh, materials or instruments for feeding, breastfeeding, bottles, etc. Because um, that stainless steel bottle sounds like a great idea, but all I keep thinking about with our puker children is how do you get the air bubbles out? If well, that can, and then yeah. the, the other part that I'm also thinking of is warming the milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, warming the formula. <laughs> well, apparently you can put them right in the in the oven, or I'm sorry, in the oven, in, in the, the stove, or the water. bottle. Yeah. In the, Into the boiling water. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Not the microwave, probably. Not a good Please, idea. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're very young. We don't know what we're doing. No, I'm saying stainless steel. You wouldn't put yes. that in the microwave. Yeah. You can't put that in the microwave. You'll wreck some stuff. Well, you'll burn some stuff out. And yeah. You won't do it twice. No. Yeah. Like, well, I think it's very original... important what you guys said, though. Go ahead. I was just going to say what, what they said about um, the uh, breastfeeding and feeling, you know, like you have to do it for whatever reason. Um, a lot of moms out there have guilt either way. So just make the decision that's best for you and your lifestyle and um, do the best you can. Don't feel like you have to be 100% in every way because anything we do is going to have an impact. So you just yeah. got to, you know, do what you're able to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sorry, yeah, Jen, go I was ahead. Just gonna, I was just going to mention one of my original questions to you guys was um, how do you break the convenience dilemma 
because time is always an issue. Um, so it's almost like, how, how do you find that balance sometimes when you're trying to make that decision? It all depends on what you want to sacrifice, right? Like there's, <clears throat> there was, there were times where I remember crap out of bottles, we have to do the dishes and you know, you're, you're, you're going through and washing all this stuff where if we just had disposable ones, you could just slip in the new one and not worry about it. But um, so you, I think you just kind of figure that out for yourself in the way of what's, what do you need at that point in time, right? Do you need more sleep or can you sacrifice a little, little bit and it's just make yeah, the extra can, yeah. or to wash or you can prepare all you want and then the situation happens and then you're like, ah, <laughs> and you make the best of it. <laughs> you, you, yeah. be flexible in other words. Yes. You would buy the crap out of it. Yes. Right. Be very and flexible and just try not to be super hard because there, I will tell you, mommy bloggers, mo you know, there's a good you chunk that are, are super supportive, but the rest of y'all, super super judgy and have a wonderful way of making you feel like a pile of crap yeah mom yeah. shaming is the real problem. oh mom shaming is huge huge even like instagram i'm so glad they didn't have instagram when my kids were babies because it would have been passive aggressive comment after passive aggressive comment it's gotten to the point that i'm curious as to why people still do it like can we not just accept that what works for us doesn't work for everybody else can you just understand that you know people come from different parts of the world and it just maybe what you works for you isn't available where they are can yeah. you not judge them for not using what you use that's my way's best obviously right. oh yeah. Shit, I forgot. building in some forgiveness for yourself too yes. so a yes. lot of moms will feel shame when their plan is to breastfeed and then yeah. something gets in the way and it's like no it's it's okay. That was plan A. That was a perfectly good plan B. I think for us, one of the things, especially when we got into pureed food, I tried really hard to make all of the first pureed foods. And there's some things that are really easy, like avocados and bananas, because you can just mash them up with a fork and feed it to your baby. It's great. Um, but sometimes you just don't have time to cut a fruit. I know that seems ridiculous because it takes 30 seconds, but you need those convenient goo packs that once again are not sustainable. But I think what we did was we would always keep one box in the pantry for forgiveness sake. Mm -hmm. And so we would try plan A first, which is yeah. us making the food. If plan A ever didn't work, we had food that was available for plan B. Yep. So we had that forgiveness built in, but you, that does take some like planning on your part because yep. you have to have both options available. You don't have a always. And again, then it gets into um, it gets into just because it's happening at your place and you're able to do this at your place. When you go to mom, mom, dad's, or if you go to grandparents' place, or you go to aunt's place, all rules are out the window again, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. My my grandparents were obsessed with giving grapes to my baby, and of course, from reading mom blogs, like why give any child under the age of two a grape? Like, just don't risk it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because you have to have the conversation about how small to cut up the grape. First time baby, right? Yeah. Like, yep. yeah. yeah. And I'm always like, why risk it? Why risk giving them a grape if it's not cut up? Just cut up the grape. It's yeah. easy. But yeah. then why does my baby know what grapes are and I've never given her a grape? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's or, nothing. you know, surprise, my, not allergic to peanuts. So. My, uh, I'm, I remember my mom being terrified that we gave my uh, niece uh, a piece of uh, green pepper. She was teething 
and it felt great on her gums it was cold and it was cold and it was working really well but she was terrified of it because she thought well what if she breaks off a piece and it's like she's got no teeth she's got no teeth it's not going to make it through (laughs) yeah those gums are hard but she's not going to be able to break that open like it's (laughs) so i remember that yeah yeah that's the thing about balloons. So, no. yeah. Jen, you, you were asking about how to how do you pick like when to do what? I found this I found an interesting article when I was doing some research. Um, Sierra Club talks about a book um, written by Mary DeMocker and it's called The Parents Guide to Climate Revolution. And one of the things that she um, talks about in her book is, yeah, you can make all these plans to do all these sustainable things and, you know, pack things and um, reusable containers and, you know, make your own food, et cetera. Um, but there comes a point when you have to decide if doing those little things that will impact your family's carbon footprint minimally are more important than maybe doing something much bigger that might actually have a larger impact around your state city world um like calling your congressman or going to a town hall or you know volunteering with groups so that i thought that was an interesting um perspective because a lot of times we get so zoned in on what can i do in my house and and we don't think about you know the amount of time i'm spending washing all these things um maybe i could just you know forgive myself for throwing this away and instead just devote that time to something that might be more beneficial in the long run. Um, so something to think about. Yeah. That's so and, and it looks like a great That's great advice. That's yeah. great advice. And, and uh, just to take along with that one, we're coming up to an election in the next five, six months. Uh, so getting those questions out before an election, then you might actually get some feedback beforehand too, right? So go to your MPs, send them a letter, send them I don't an think email. They have MPs down there. Uh, sorry, uh, go to your local representative. Local representatives. I don't know what they are. <laughs> Congressmen, yeah. senators. Yes, yes. yes. Those would be, uh, if you're in Canada, it's the MPs, MPs, and you know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm actually thinking about a letter that we should actually send to mm-hmm. our our local uh, uh, government. Uh, just to ask those questions because um, the one 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 of the governments that is running, uh, they don't really have a. Um, environmental plan and that was that was the conservatives and that was uh equivalent to your republicans and so now that's (laughs) so what's interesting okay uh what's actually interesting is because of all the um the pressure on them to have something they're actually going to release it next month uh so that they actually show what they are planning uh, because they haven't shared it yet, so uh, our conservative government cut a lot of incentive. That's okay. We're getting oh, off topic. <laughs> so constituent input matters, in other yes. words. Yes. And that is wonderful advice. Whether you live in Canada or the U.S., we have primaries coming up in the fall. Okay. Uh, most of us in Texas just had our local municipal elections, but there's usually elections every six months in Texas, whether it's a primary or local election or wow. the national election. So. <laughs> Become aware of when your election cycle is. Um, when you're a parent, more than any but any other time in your life, I think your time becomes a much more precious commodity, right? So uh, really knowing how best to spend it, like y'all said, and forgiving yourself if you cut corners so that you can mm-hmm. do more important things or spend time with your kids even, you know, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. a crazy idea. Um, <laughs> we've talked a lot about breastfeeding. Is there anything else with regards to food and just 
feeding in general, not even little kids, but you know, your older kids, um, when it comes to the you make what you buy, what you prepare yourself. Um, Chris, I know you guys, you know, you try to carry around your usable containers when you eat out, things like that. Um, what kind of tips would you offer that are easy to implement or that you found kind of to be lifesavers? When you're on vacation, no matter how much you plan, it is going to be very difficult. Yeah. To to keep up with your uh, your sustainability in that, uh, we just went through Florida a couple weeks ago, and we had the stuff available, and then our plan went out the window. Like it was. <laughs> yeah, but we. I mean, we tried our we tried our best. We tried our best. Yeah, and, uh, but, but for the were... most part, um, with the kids' food, we eat predominantly plant plant based, and we have for um, since last September. So I, I'm a stay at home mom. I have been since my daughter was born. I'm very, I feel very lucky that I've been able to do that. We've for been so very long. lucky that way. So I have time to do this. Uh, I do most of the cooking. I do most of the baking um, with the, so for kids lunches, planet box is amazing. Oh, planet box. So, I even have one for my work. Yes. Uh, I love it. It's, they uh, are stainless steel. Um, lunch boxes they, they're dishwasher safe you just toss them in they're a little bit expensive up front but we've had logan and quinn's for nine years nine years and we haven't had to replace anything except for a little hinge and which the they pieces. sell replacement yes. parts and for they sell replacement well. parts so if something does get dent or broken yes. or the even the spring piece is broken you can buy just that specific piece and they'll send that yes. to you so that's fantastic they also um i did a little research right before my daughter started we have junior kindergarten up here so that's right around when they're four and it was the stations of opening up different tupperware containers while they were having their lunch and what could they open? What could they not? And I thought, this is the dumbest thing. She's going to spend half her time trying to open up all these containers and not eat. So what the Planet Box does is they just open it up one and it's all there for them. So yeah. there's no time spent trying to fiddle with little locks and turny things or whatever. Um, also, we have our, our children like lattes. So we have reusable cups that we take to coffee shops and stuff that we, we like to use. We have reusable straws. We try our best. Um, um, just for the past two Mondays, my daughter has had glee and swim lessons really close together, too close to come back to have dinner to go to swim lessons. So I've packed dinner for us. Usually so, it's uh, soup in mason jars. Soup in mason jars with our reusable cutlery and tea towels as napkins. And I have my totes. I use totes for um, grocery shopping and stuff. But food, it, our son doesn't like vegetables, but we feed him what he likes. And our kids are picky. Kids are not picky. Everybody's picky about something. The, the other thing, too, is allergies, right? Like, allergies, um, yeah. Allergies in our house aren't what are typically allergies. I'm allergic to red meat and pork, and our son is allergic to red meat. And he's lactose intolerant. And lactose intolerant. So we are limited on what we can feed him and also myself. So I was halfway to being uh, plant-based anyway yeah. because I didn't eat very much meat anyway. But um, it's uh, you have to take those things into consideration too. So Yeah, because allergies, like especially if you have an anaphylaxis in your oh. house, that's a whole other demon to deal with. And we are thankful that we don't have to deal with that. I but, can't imagine. Yeah. I've, I've, I couldn't imagine trying to do sustainable, like sustainable, sustainable living. living with anaphylaxis. Oh. That would be so hard because every you, the cross-contamination would just be too much for me to bear. You'd have to, Everything would have to be prepackaged. And at the Ontario, um, 
the schools are nut free. So that includes peanuts and all tree nuts. So unfortunately, a lot of the recipes that I find online, I'll have almonds and crap in them. And I'm like, I can't make that. Really tasty. And like, yeah, let's eat that. But they can't can't take it to school. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fine. And I'm fine doing that. But yeah, picky, I find with picky eaters, you just got to try and... We Speaking, of, okay, I was one of the pickiest eaters you'd ever meet when I was a kid and into adulthood. He ate five foods, five we, different types of foods when we met. Pretty much. Pizza, uh, <laughs> mac and cheese, uh, you know, like that's, you know. The food groups, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yes. Uh, normal food groups. That anybody uh, eat. Chips <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, that being said. Cheese, yep. Yeah. Wait a second. That's like the American diet. What are you doing in Canada? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Donuts. Listen, that's the fifth one. Oh, when we were down in Texas, it gets cold here. You need a lot of carbs. <laughs> you need a lot of carbs. You need to pack on some pounds. Um, but you know, as as somebody that was a really picky eater, I, we come around, right? We we figure it out, mm-hmm. and our cha- our taste buds do change. You just got to be persistent and and yeah, stick with it. Uh, eventually, a, a picky eater will eat something else. Yeah, so it comes around. Um, making a meal plan if you can, if you have time. Big helper. Big, huge help. It also avoids a lot of food waste because before I started meal planning, it was, okay, well, I'm going to buy this. We'll eat it. And then it would go bad and I'd have to throw it out. So meal planning has been really huge. I try to cook. I enjoy cooking too. There's the other thing. I really like cooking. I like baking. So I constantly try to make as much as we can at home. But, you know, things like birthdays, Christmas, going to other people's houses, and listen, it pizza happens. comes in a par- cardboard box. It does. So it's recyclable. <laughs> Just or say compostable. Yeah. Or, compostable. or compostable. Or compostable. But the kids, we try to involve them as much as possible with the yeah. food. Um, we have family favorites that happen every week, and the kids are not shy. They're like Todd, that they'll tell you what they don't like. Our son's a gay. I don't like that. <laughs> I think that's important to mention that the food waste uh, is a big part of sustainability, right? I mean, we waste, uh, we we had an episode about this a few months ago. I mean, untold amounts of food in the world. And um, if you can try to minimize that at your home and teach those habits to your children early, um, you know, just teach them don't buy more than you can eat. Um, If you do end up having leftovers, try to make other things with them, figure out creative ways or you know, freeze it. Um, just th- there's a lot of options, but I think in, especially in America, we're very bad about just buying and throwing. Yeah. Everything it's that's convenient. Left. So for us, it's getting the kids comfortable in the kitchen, touching the appliances, using knives, cutting boards and stuff like that. I hated leftovers for years. It's only been in the last little bit that I've actually got on the leftover bandwagon. See, I love leftovers cause I take them to lunch for the next day for work, work. Right. So, um, but yeah, having the kids involved in the cooking process has been huge. And make a grocery list. Yes. Making yeah. a grocery list is yeah. huge. Try not to go hungry because you will buy the things. Oh, all the things. All the things when you're hungry. So we, And I think if you have a garden at your house, getting them involved in that too is a great yes, way to get them to are, eat. Yeah. We are going to do we that are, this year. Yeah, we're looking at uh, starting that this year where we're going to actually – I bought some uh, seeds last year actually. Yeah. Two years ago? Anyway, I don't remember. They're long enough ago that they're probably, probably – <laughs> um, 
uh, growing in the. They haven't gotten wet. They should be fine. Yeah, they they should be. But fine. but that's a big thing. You know, a lot of kids don't like vegetables. They think they're icky. But uh, if you if you expose them to where, the process and they actually see them grow and they're a part of making that happen, they get so excited, right? And they're just, oh my god, yeah. I, I pulled this out of the ground. I'm gonna eat this. Um, which is which is. Not everyone can do, obviously, but if you have that option or there's a community garden you can even go to, um, it really brings kids a lot closer to nature. And And that helps. But I will say, though, kids go through phases. They will like one thing one day and then tomorrow decide, you know what? No, that's not disgusting. Logan, our daughter, went through a huge phase where she wouldn't eat anything green. Not because she didn't like it. She just didn't want anything green and would refuse to eat it. Our son used to eat vegetables. And then, I don't know, right around he turned two. He's like, no more vegetables. Like, so you kind of have to work with what your kids giving you because I'm not one of those parents that will be like, you have to eat everything on your plate or you get nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the yeah. best parenting advice that I got was your kid will eat when they're hungry. Yeah. So what we do, we don't make separate meals. So even with my infant, we don't make her a separate meal. Mm-hmm. Um, once she could eat table food, you eat what we eat. And sometimes yeah. we spicy food. Sometimes we make, you know, but she eats what we eat. And what it's done is it's developed her palate. Yeah. So now she's okay with eating a lot of food. Like, you know, we'll, my husband likes to make a lot of Indian food. So we'll make some like tiki masala or something. And she loves it. One yeah. Of the food she's great. Yeah. And, um, but so we don't make separate meals, which eliminates your food waste, makes leftovers yeah. easier. It eliminates a lot of the problems. And especially like most recipes are for four. So now I have a family of four. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you don't want to eat it, you go to bed hungry. Because yeah. guess what? When you wake up in the morning, you're going to eat what I put in front of you. And like that, that is one of the harder things to do because it's like you constantly, as a parent, you worry about every decision that you make. But it's yes, offered you healthy food options. You've chosen not to eat it. And now my kids are not old enough to really put up a fight yet. So no. I don't know what it's like to resolve crumble. But just just really trying to enforce the healthy eating habits and the like, you know, and also thinking about the way you talk about food in front of mm-hmm. your kids. Yeah. And with rivers and stuff, because they're listening to everything that you say. So if you say, oh, I don't really want to eat leftovers or, oh, this tastes like the fridge, you're going to hear that later. <laughs> so just being hyper conscious about, you know, setting yourself up for success like that. I think one of the things with food that was the hardest for me was all of the requirements for school. Like, yeah. It- overwhelming the amount of stuff that you come home with information wise from school. And I had grandparents that were taking care of my kids. So I didn't really know about that until my daughter started, you know, going to like a pre-K program. Mm -hmm. And it's like, has to be a container that they can open by themselves. Mm -hmm. It has to be this. It has to be that. It has to have their name on it. It has to have, you know, so kind of one of the things that was the biggest trick for me is like, what is a reusable snack bag? Right. So so they have all of these things on Amazon that are made out of plastic. And then you have to start doing all the research on plastic. And finally I read an article and they made bags out of cotton. They just sewed them. Well, I love to sew. So I just sewed them. And then it's like, well, it's not waterproof, but it doesn't matter because most snacks are dry. Yes. And then how do you wash it? I just throw it in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to go in the dishwasher. You put blueberries in it. Well, guess what? You dump the blueberries out and then you throw it in the washing machine. Yes. So I embroidered their names on it to solve the name issue. 
yeah. and then it can be reused forever. And that gets easier, by the way, the older they get through school, they're less fussy about all that crap. It just seems like right off the bat, they want to overwhelm the crap right out of you. And they want Ziploc bags. And if you don't do a Ziploc bag, they look at you like you're a crazy person. Like my mom is so annoyed with me about all these little zippy bags, those bags right there. Yeah. The yeah. one thing I'll say is there's no way to do a sustainable zipper. Like, no, there's not. No. Unless you, you reclaim them and that's so hard to find. So yeah. that's sort of the if thing. If you have like a pair of pants that you're going to upcycle or something, yeah. you can do a zipper, but otherwise zippers are hard. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have to be waterproof. Like you said, it can just be no. cloth. They're only going to keep it in there for a few hours and they're going to eat it. Right. And yeah. Wash it. And it can just go in. Yeah. yeah. And then so they wash it. a bunch of those. I just spent like a Saturday. I made like 20 bags and it was, yeah, it cost me nothing. Used fabric that was scraps from other stuff. I mean, I guess it cost me the zippers, but they're not yeah. that expensive. You can it, sometimes it, find those at thrift shops too. So. I was going to say, if you're not handy, yeah. there is somebody around you that knows someone that's making them, or you can go to uh, a local. Um, uh, like a farmer's market, I guarantee you somebody there has made them. Yeah. Yeah. Or would make them if you asked. Yeah. Yes. Or yeah. Make, them. Or make them if you asked. Exactly. What, what do you guys think about these um, meal subscriptions that have become really popular? Um, I know they're very convenient, but how are they waste wise, both with the food and the packaging? Have you guys tried them? What's your opinion on those? Are they really right. helpful? We've never done that. There is, I've heard there's a lady on Instagram. She's based out of Toronto. So Toronto's the biggest city in Canada. So it sort of has the population to support this. There is a zero waste food, like meal subscription there, which is fantastic. If everything comes in glass jars, you can return them, you can keep them, whatever, but it's, it's, and it's plant based as far as I know. Um, there's nothing like that up here. Meal subscriptions come in those, Herma, herma back sealed yeah, plastic yeah. stuff and basically plastic uh, containers and yeah we, we would all, never do it on we would never work i don't think for us no i'm i'm all for it if it if it if you can't find the time uh to make your own meals and you can't find the time to do that absolutely look into them see how how sustainable they are but i i'm our we set up our life uh, because we were able to to allow uh, one of us to stay at home or, or um, uh, at least be available to make those meals. And uh, I, even when uh, when Chris was working for a little bit, uh, we would set up Sundays in order to do our cook days. And that would be our main day that we did our cooking. And then you'd have those meals throughout the, the week. Um, that didn't last very long, but... <laughs> It last long <laughs> but it but it was it was something that we tried out, right? Yeah. So again, if that is something that works for you, great. Uh, but I I I think yeah. they are working on it. Um, yes. So yeah. So so I think that they are really working on it. We have done. So my husband, whenever we got married, knew how to make tacos. Tacos are and great. That's it. Yeah, and tacos are great, but. Yeah. The only meal he knew how to make and it was yeah. a very big deal so um you know so for us the meal subscription was a great way for him to learn how to cook mm -hmm. um because otherwise it was never really going to be a part of our routine unless i was doing it and first kid i still was able to cook quite a bit second kid one of you is childcare, the other person's cooking 
Um, And I think as far as stress levels are concerned for my husband, it just fell naturally that like cooking is cathartic, you know, and that helps him decompress at the end of the day. Whereas hanging with two kids under the age of three is not. So (laughs) really? (laughs) (laughs) We would take turns when they were younger. Yeah. Yeah. Taking turns is huge. Yeah. Taking turns is a big deal. And so he will, he did, we did blue apron and blue apron was great. They are making strides. So you can see that they're like, this is how you recycle the different parts of the box. So the box itself is recyclable. Obviously it's cardboard. It's not the best. It's also not the worst. Um, But even the ice stuff that they have to do it can be like poured down the drain and they're using non-harsh chemicals and then you can recycle the bags. And so they are taking steps to be Mm -hmm. conscious about the amount of stuff that's in it. For us, it was nice because all of the amount of food. So you think about you're going to buy like a thing of sour cream, for example, you may use two tablespoons of the sour cream. Well, the food subscription box is only sending you the two tablespoons. Mm -hmm. So have more plastic waste you have less food waste yeah so i think it's just you know something to measure maybe it works maybe it doesn't yeah like yep. whatever your circumstance is if that's yep. what you need to do then do it because having two toddlers you're in the middle of the goat shop oh listen just grocery shopping alone with two little <laughs> yeah, ones it was yeah it was nuts so yeah whatever you can do do it <laughs> And yeah. we use a we use a meal planning app. So we have a meal planning app and you store all of your recipes and it tells you how much of everything to buy. So I think that's, that's the number one thing. And then we do, um, we'll go through periods with doing a subscription box. Where we'll be like, okay, for, you know, three months, we're going to do it. And then we'll turn it off for a while, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of build in that forgiveness of, hey, we didn't have time to go grocery shopping. We've got our subscription box that we can make, Yeah, you know, but. Yeah. Absolutely. However, you do for a little bit. Um, Freshly was a little bit interesting because it was already cooked. Like um, you didn't have to actually like cook anything and it was fresh. It wasn't like frozen. So I did that for like a week just to try it. (laughs) Um, And they were actually pretty decent, like taste wise. I wasn't like super disappointed with it. Um, So that's an option too. If you just like don't have time to cook for a certain week, something major is going on. Mm -hmm. Those are options as well. You don't have to like spend the time cooking and cleaning up your mess afterwards. And um, the plastic was all recyclable and everything was good to go. But I only did it the one time just to try it, but that's an option too. Absolutely. I think however you you plan your meals, um, as we've already said a few times, do what works best for your lifestyle. Um, But regardless, eating at home is probably going to be the cheaper um, option, the least waste option, and a lot of times more convenient, although sometimes eating out is more convenient or getting carry out. Um, But again, think about what works for you. We're giving you some options. And um, is there anything else y'all want to add on the topic of food or meals or anything? Teach your kids how to cook. Yes. Teach your kids how to cook. Get them involved. My kids love to help. Which is They're awesome. And, yeah. And but let them because I it, as it's a as so parents, hard to let them. It's excruciating <laughs> sometimes to just be like, oh God, no, I'm gonna do it. You're gonna do it. Oh. If yep, you the mess better on the floor, just, start over. Just everything. You're like, no, this is not fun for me. Pick a day that you know you can clean up and you can take as long as you want to do it. Because, like, do a breakfast or something like that where you have the rest of the day, a nice chill Sunday, something like that. That way when there's eggs all through, like, eggshells through the the meal, you have time to siphon them through, you know. Yes, but pick a recipe that you don't mind gets foobarred. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, like like muffins. Muffins are good. Ones. Muffins are pretty good. Yeah, pancakes you could pancakes. probably get away with. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely teach, easy. <laughs> teach your kids how to cook, and you can start it young. I mean, our our that was the biggest things when I moved out. I didn't know how to cook. Mm. I needed to make toast and spaghetti. We had, spaghetti was literally noodles and a jar of sauce. That was my spaghetti. We, we had to call her mom. And, I'm, uh, I'm like, how do you boil potatoes? I want to make mashed potatoes. I don't know how to make mashed potatoes. So teaching your children how to cook and just being able to be self-sufficient that way. Yeah. Like um, our kids know how to make grilled cheese, which again, That's it's not pretty, very pretty gourmet, basic, but, but grilled Log- cheese. Logan and does her own uh, Friday sandwiches now. Sandwiches. Um, and then just getting them used to pulling things in and out of the oven so they're not afraid of it and then they're more enthusiastic to want to learn how to do things well she made the the, she helped me with the uh the um lo mein yeah we had lo mein that she loves so she knows how to make it now but so that when they're older they're not they're more comfortable in the kitchen making their own things and maybe a little less reliant on convenience foods do you guys also involve your kids in the meal planning yes Yep. Yeah. Uh, Especially since going plant based. Yes. Yeah. And and there was one one on the one meal that in particular Logan and I were looking at each other like, this is gonna taste horrible, but okay, we'll try it. And it's cauliflower sandwiches. And I swear Chris, Chris said, Hey, let's let's try these yeah. cauliflower sandwiches. And I'm looking at her like That looks disgusting. That looks pretty bad. Yeah. And and Logan looked at me and she's like, That looks pretty bad. I'm like, Yeah, but we'll try it. It's not one of our favorite things, and yeah. we have to have it once a week. Yes. I made a roasted cauliflower wow. of a turkey at Thanksgiving, and it was incredible. Very so good. Like, it's no joke. Cauliflower yeah. is amazing. <laughs> Sneaky cauliflower wings. Like, you can you can do, like, a cauliflower chicken wing instead. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, they're yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, so if you love chicken wings right and, you, and you want to try something a little different, Go with the cauliflower. Cut down your meat consumption. <laughs> cauliflower. Mm-hmm. I love how we started with poop. And Tastes like chicken? At the beginning. Like, we're not yeah. done with poop yet. It'll come back. Oh, we'll talk about poop again. It'll come around. <laughs> We've gone full circle. Uh, yeah. Well, might as well mention now sickness. When the kids are sick. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. When the kids are sick, their palate just goes to crap. They don't want to eat. It's like when you're sick. They want comfort foods. They want they, toast. They want... They want popsicles. Popsicles. They want, you know, and you may like not that. have your juice frozen ready, all ready to go. So you, you might have to go to the store and get some. Yeah. Yeah. And the Pedialyte, if they're, you know. The, oh, yeah. The Pedialyte Which is, we've had yeah. to do a couple of times. The kids are just so sick. You have to do the Pedialyte. Um, so, yeah. When they're sick, it's everything's off the table. You can try as much as you want, but whatever makes them feel better and gets them through whatever they're going to, especially if it's like a gastro thing oh, yeah. uh, with a, with a fever. <gasps> yeah. Sorry. That was, uh... you want to eat a rock <laughs> up, make your, well, are there any uh, treatments? Pardon? Are there any treatments or things that you guys have found do work on minor injuries or, you know, whether it's salves or tinctures or, you know, just more natural remedies, uh, I know you can't use that for everything, but so one thing for. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that sounded loud. Uh, the demon. Yeah, <laughs> one thing that uh, that so my mom's a nurse, and one thing that she taught me was um, wash the wound, and if it's not that deep and it doesn't look like really red or sore around it, it's probably not infected, and let the air at it, and your skin will do what it needs to do. Um, mm-hmm. That was something that I learned as a kid, and I, I have a couple scars, but it worked out for me. Yes. 
Yeah, but it's assessing the situation. Like scraped yeah. knees, more often than not, you just need a good wash. They're fine. They're going to scream bloody murder like their legs falling off. But, you know, <laughs> yes. they're fine. And the head bleeds more than anything else. So it may look huge oh. and massive, but you clean them up. Uh, yeah, yeah the, lots of blood. All the blood, the pus, whatever. Can I tell you what story? The one where you called me? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I didn't handle this well. Preface that. I did not handle this very well. It was so, like that. Okay. I was at work, and my lovely wife left me a voicemail uh, while I was at work. So I, at my lunchtime, I was able to check my messages, and uh, and <laughs> so I check my voicemail, and I hear this panicked woman that I've never heard before. Oh my god, babe! Oh my god! There's so much blood. Quinn fell, and oh my god, we're going to the hospital. And then I hung and up. then it hung up, and that's the message. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Who's dying? Who fell? Oh, no. <laughs> so I had to run over to my boss, tell her I'm leaving. I'm going to, I think, Southampton. Oh, I also didn't say what hospital I was going to. <laughs> I think that's the closest one she would have been at. So I'm now tearing it. And thankfully, no cops caught me. And I get to the hospital. And sure enough, there's Chris and her friends sitting outside. And my son with a great big grin on his face. And just blood Dried everywhere. Blood. He, but the thing, okay, so wounds not needing anything. What had happened is that he was three and a half. He's got a scar now. He's got a gorgeous, you know, storytelling scar. He had, he was playing with some kids. Quinn is atypical. So when he was, especially when he was younger, he got beat up and bullied a lot because a lot of younger kids didn't understand him. So he kind of was. He thought he was playing and they didn't realize. And they didn't realize that. And he couldn't really communicate. Um, So he got pushed into the corner of a wooden deck and it hit him right. You know, that little funny dibbit thing in between your nose and your lip. It hit him right there and his nose. So the face bleeding as much as it does. I, in the shrill scream, I thought he'd broken his nose. And what wound up happening is that he almost split it right through and he didn't break his nose, but he had a decent bruise and he still got a scar from it, but it didn't need stitches. It didn't need any other wound care other than keeping it clean and letting the air get at it. So we didn't need a bandage or anything like that, but I didn't handle it well, but he was fine. (laughs) He's got a scar. That being said though, (laughs) yeah, I didn't handle it well at all. (laughs) Um, He's fine. He's okay. He's 11 now, he survived. But yeah, if your kids, if you, if they need stitches, if if there's wound care that's needed, then obviously do it. Same with medication. I've seen some zero wasters promote some ridiculous things about bandages and not accepting and not taking because it came in plastic and packaging and those little blister packs. And it's like take your freaking meds. Yes. Do it. Do it. Don't be the hero. Don't be the hero because you were trying some natural (laughs) work. What? While we're on the subject, vaccinate your children. Yes, please. Yes, okay. like, vaccinate your children. Get the shots. Yes. Vaccines save lives. You are exposing children and people with compromised immune systems yeah. to those germs. Even if your kid has an immunity, you can endanger the lives of many yes. other people, cancer patients, older people, younger kids that don't have mm-hmm. immune systems. So transplant it's uh, patients. very important that you vaccinate. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, like not everyone can get the vaccines, so they are depending on the people yes. that are able to to have them, so they yeah. don't expose and kill other people. Yes, I just want to uh, add on to that. Sorry, um, please, please, please. I, I understand there's naturopaths out there, and I understand that there's they have some great advice. 
if your child has a fever, if your child has, uh, you know, a high fever, a like, high really fever, high fever. like something that's that's dangerous, please take What's them to high? the doctor. If you're over 104, even get if, them to the hospital. Well, even if it's 102 and they're listless and they're drowsy and they're not themselves, take them to the hospital. Get them to the hospital. Because little kids get sick quick. And it's it's amazing how quick they can get uh, yeah. into into some dangerous territory, and they they would be absolutely fine in looking at you, and all of a sudden they they're like passed out because they're tired is what it looks like, but they're actually going into a shock potentially. Yeah. So it can be scary. Go to the hospital. The doctors will never be angry at you because you you came in because you had a potential sick child. Oh. No, they want you. They would prefer you come in than yes. that you wait too long. Yes, then yes. you wait too long, and that's when you hear on the news that some person left it too long, and There's they a, were doing the best that they thought too for their child. Absolutely. That being said, don't be here to take your kid to the hospital. Yes. Even if, like, I've taken the kids when they, I knew that there was nothing that they could do. The hospital just wanted to confirm. I just wanted to make sure that they were going to be okay. So even that peace of mind is important. And you know, there was waste involved. I mean, they had to change the sheets on the gurney, sure. the processing paper, all that, their little plastic wristband that they had to have at the hospital. If you have, well, here in Canada, we have universal health care. So it doesn't cost anything to go to the emergency room to just get it checked out. And if you can, in the United States, if you have an insurance program that will let you do that, then, then go take them. Um, just to kind of yeah, I think this is important for remedies. Um, one of the things we do is we always keep some aloe vera plants around, mm -hmm. so, and you can propagate your aloe vera so you can kind of make new plants off of your old ones. And whenever we have, you know, a skinned knee, aloe works great on. Also, a burn. I let my daughter cook in the kitchen with us. She's only three, so that means that occasionally we accidentally touch a hot pan. Um, it's how we learn. Um, but we always keep an aloe vera plant around. And the other thing that works great if you are making the choice to breastfeed is breast milk solves everything. Like, yes, my sister-in-law did it for an eye thingy on her baby. When yeah, it gets rid of eye, the styes in your eye. Yeah. You can put it on a burn. You can put it one time with my daughter. I had some leftover milk after she had been weaned and she got sick. She got a stomach bug. I gave, I quit giving her other food because she had uncontrollable poops. Yeah. And so, um, and so I gave her some breast milk, stopped it immediately. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, it's it, not some magic it, stuff. Did you put some on Jared when he had a sunburn at one point and it yeah, we did. We went away. It, sunburn. it made it go away. So yeah. I just, you know, like if you are in the position where you have some around, you can keep it. One of the things that I've actually wanted to try this time, I haven't yet, is having some of my leftover breast milk made into soap. Because oh. I wonder if you had it made into soap, you know, just people at the farmer's market make soap mm -hmm. out of milk. Why not use my breast milk? Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if that would have it be the same healing powers. Never even thought of it. No, I, I, that's kind of cool. So I'll let you know. You just came mm -hmm. up with a new business strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to have how, but you know. I was going to say, yeah, you've got to have a pregnant woman a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching a documentary about, uh, you know, why don't we drink uh, breast milk? Like, why don't humans just drink breast milk all the time? Well, because it means we got to keep women pregnant all the time. And Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I think uh, these are all great ideas. And um, I would definitely echo what Chris and Ray said. Um, 
we, we do encourage sustainable, all natural remedies mm. for things. But at the end of the day, science is trumps everything if it yeah. comes down to the health of your child or even yourself. So definitely, um, med you know, talk to a medical doctor. We're not endorsing uh bypassing that route we're encouraging you to get professional medical help if you need it mm -hmm. um, for things but there are some smaller things that you can self-treat yeah. or maybe not you know over medicate or things like that so um, anything else on this subject before we move on i've used activated charcoal for like stomach issues in the past so that might be an option too yeah it's pretty readily available so that's like yeah that's that's coming out like popular for a lot of things like for toothpaste mm -hmm. and sorts of stuff. Awesome. Um, let's see. I had a few more things that I wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, clothing. Is there. I, I mean, I know that there's a big movement now to buy more ethically sourced, sustainable clothing. Um, and, and Lena, you said that you sew. So. Um, what is y'all's experience with this? And obviously buying used is an option. What, what are your suggestions for sustainable clothing or affordable clothing, things like that? Let, let the kids grow open. fast. They grow a lot of things fast. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, the biggest thing, we did it kind of on accident because we didn't reveal the gender of our first kid, but get everything gender neutral because then no matter what subsequent child children you have, it can be reused. Um, and I mean, obviously they get to an age where you can't necessarily do that, but, um, as much as you can, we do gender, gender neutral, we do hand-me-downs. So my cousin who is also pretty, um, savvy with the environmental care, uh, has two daughters. So I get approximately half of my clothing from her. The other thing that we've done in my household is we've been trying to switch to capsule wardrobes. Okay. which are seasonal minimalist wardrobes where you have around 30 items in your closet, including shoes. Um, not really as feasible for children as adults. Like you have to have more than 30, you know, as an adult, I haven't had any troubles at 30, but for the kids, because you have to have a change of clothes in the backpack, mm -hmm. and sit up and throw up and poop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we go through a little bit more than that, but yeah. I think remembering that less is more, the closet doesn't have to be full. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's helped eliminate a lot. And so with my, you know, I saved a hundred percent of my clothes from my first daughter. So when my second daughter aged into them, I just did an inventory of like, what is still in good shape? What has stains on it? I didn't have to buy any new clothes for her. Mm -hmm. So we 100% are getting a second round out of that. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of some things you can do if you don't have the money to necessarily pay for sustainable clothing but we also I do have to buy something I try to buy from a sustainable source and there are lots of them now like there there are a lot of companies out there that are paying attention to to organic fabrics and things like that yeah and what are some of your favorites that you would recommend to folks I love Hannah Anderson um they they use all organic it is all cotton which cotton is kind of bad no matter what you do uh, as far as the environment is concerned, but they have lots of options um, for seasons and like swimsuits. So it's like, well, you may find a place where you can get pants and shirts, which is great, uh, but they don't make swimsuits <laughs> or they don't make jeans or they don't make dresses. So it's kind of a nice place where you can get everything 
Um, and it doesn't all look the same. A lot of the places too will be like, well, I make these really great organic pants, but they, every single pair of pants will look the same. Mm -hmm. So. Awesome. Chris and Ray, you have anything to add or? Hand-me-downs are king. We, his older sister has <laughs> one of each as well. And they're older. Um, her daughter's like seven, almost 17 now. And then yeah. her son's 13. So. And they work great up until a certain age. Yes, hand me downs. <laughs> yeah, we're going to a certain age. But like uh, my daughter and her daughter have very different styles, and they're very they're completely different body shapes. So hand me downs for that doesn't work. But our two boys, it works great. Like most of Quinn's wardrobe is they're all hand me downs from his older cousin. And then what Quinn grows out of, I give to my sister because she's got three boys. Um, and two of them are the same size right now. So that's great for her because then it's used even more. But hand-me-downs are amazing. Yep. Um, uh, the There's a store up here called The Patch, which is a, uh, it's a, a second-hand, second-hand store. store that uh, you're there. Yeah. Which is great as well. Finding sizes can be a pain. Yeah. You have to be <laughs> a little bit patient. Like in our kids, we've never uh, dictated their wardrobe until they were like, unless they were babies. But we tried to dress them as gender neutral as possible we did a little bit of what uh, lena was doing um we uh, are very persistent about our daughter not being a girly girl in terms of she needed to wear frilly dresses all the time she actually had a shirt for a little while that said i don't do pink in like lettering. <laughs> um nice. so she didn't wear dresses and so we had a few pieces that were gender neutral enough that our son wore them too like snow suits we were pretty persistent that yes. they'd be like one specific color so both of them could wear them blues blues blacks gray well. suits that we totally use in texas yeah. yes yes i forgot about the uh, the amount of snow the suits snow, yeah the amount of snow you get so the things like because yeah. we have four seasons a capsule wardrobe we are trying like we live in a small home so it's basically you run out of coat hangers you have too many clothes we need to get rid of like you have an allotted set of coat hangers that's it and so um for us we've always let our kids pick out their own clothes and dress themselves since they were really little. So and that's carried over and um, we've let them like, I don't, I can't buy clothes without my daughter there for her. I can't because <laughs> what I think she'd like, she's like, no, that's terrible. So secondhand shopping with her, taking her to these secondhand stores, showing her sustainable um, uh, brands. brands. I'm slowly getting into the sustainable brands because the sustainable brands are very expensive and when you don't have the um the budget for that it's a real turnoff the the other part too is uh sustainable brands are great but shipping them out to where you live there's a there's, yeah, a, there's cost a cost to that, to that too. too not just uh cost but the environmental part yeah the impact of shipping so it, you have um, to like weigh what needs yeah. more um yeah but yeah, so having them, and now that they're older, having them realize that there's other options than fast fashion. And when, and there's no shame in wearing secondhand clothes. And you can find some really great stuff. And um, yeah, that's been the biggest one is the secondhand clothing. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Did you talk about your shoes? Oh, I bought shoes. My first sustainable <laughs> pair of shoes ever. They're from a BC company that's called Native. And they're made out of recycled... Okay. You're gonna go get them. made out of recycled plastic, and they're vegan. Um, and washable. and I think Tom's has recently come out with a vegan line of shoes too. What? Pardon? Which one? Tom's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to get a Canadian company. My friend was telling me about Rothy's. And they're really lightweight. I haven't. 
cute. Really cute. Yeah. So just trying to slowly get into the sustainable um, part of it. And kids grow so, <laughs> so fast. And you know, that the $60 dress looks super cute on them, but they're going to grow out of that in three seconds and that's it. And you just, yeah, you don't get to enjoy it. So hand-me-downs are pretty fantastic for that, especially when they're little and they're growing through growth spurts. And then our daughter, she's taller than me now, but when she was about, it started when she was 10 to 12 and she had grown almost, yeah, over half a foot in that amount of time. So just, she's, she's a tall lady. She's over, she's five, seven right now. So she just, yeah, grew like a weed. And my nephew did the same thing. He, he plays hockey. So his mom had to buy in one season, she had to buy him two pairs of skates because he just grew and yeah. the hockey equipment had to go too. And so now that's, I know again, I know not everybody plays hockey down where you guys are, but even but, with football, like, but with football and stuff like that, the, the, since we're on the topic of clothing, um, you can get kids gear used from other parents around the area. Right. Oh, yeah. Like there's, there are lots of options. We actually, um, there's a trade program up here that if you trade your, your, uh, child's old equipment in and if it's still in good condition you get the other stuff for free back so that huge investment isn't going to be there uh which is good and yeah. then you know all the stuff gets reused as well yeah so. but yeah sports equipment is huge especially with kids because they grow out of it so fast and a lot of it um only gets used for one season it's still really good so if you know your kids are into soccer or football or hockey yeah. um anything that requires equipment, there's always some secondhand. You just have to sort of hunt down and ask for it and see if anybody's And Sometimes people don't remember they have and They're like, Oh yeah, I got this in my yeah. closet. The kids haven't worn in a while, but we'll say though helmets do have an expiration date. Yes. Yes. So yeah. Car yes. And car seats yes. too. Yes. And it's, I think illegal. Especially if they've been in Pardon? So especially if they've been in an impact, you know, oh, yeah. yes. Situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so check expiration dates for those things. But things like cleats and shin pads, they don't expire. It's just based on yeah. what size your kid is. Yeah, real quick, Chris, you mentioned fast fashion. And um, yeah. for our listeners who make that is, um, that's something that's getting a lot of attention these days. And um, fast fashion is basically this really cheap clothing that you can buy at, you know, big box stores, Walmarts, mm -hmm. um, Forever 21, all those stores and, and you're cheap. They're very seasonal and dependent on the trends. Um, but they are very uh, wasteful because mm -hmm. for one thing, they're low quality. So people will wear them a few times, get rid of them, or if they go out of style, they get rid of them. Um, they're also often produced unsustainably or in sweatshops or in conditions that are just, um, you know, not great for the workers. And um, so there's been a big, you know, push to abandon fast fashion as consumers. Yeah. Um, and so when you hear that term, that's what they're referring to. And we could probably do a whole show about that. But um, yeah, definitely like cutting back on that for you and your kids is going to make a huge impact. And hopefully as consumers, we'll send that message that we, you know, want more sustainable clothing and you can buy used for a lot cheaper and a lot better quality. So yeah. And just well, wondering, um, it's just a personal parenting preference. But um, if I feel that if you let your kids pick out their clothes and develop their own style when they're really young, the pressure to look trendy and the pressure to fit in is kind of less because they already know what they like. Like our, our kids are not what you would call trendy dressers, but they love what they wear and they wear it 
they wear it a lot so they grow out of it or or they put holes in the knees and I can't fix it anymore. So just having them develop their own sense of style. And I have pictures of Logan wearing about 18 different layers with 18 different patterns. She was rocking it. She was about four. It was amazing. Um, and my son wearing shorts over pants is fantastic because that's what he wanted to wear. And um, But it just helps them develop their own sense of style so that it's not as important to keep up with those 52 weeks of seeing them an identity. Yeah. yeah. So they have their own identity. So they're not so hung up with keeping up with all the trends of fast fashion. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure Chris yeah. will laugh at me, but I'm actually trying to prevent my children from developing a culture of consumerism. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I don't know how you do that when I have two girls. Yeah. So I actually have never taken either of my daughters into a clothing store okay. to stuff for myself or to look at stuff for them. Mm-hmm. Clothes magically show up at our house. And I let give them complete freedom to buy within what I to pick out what they yes. wear in what I buy. Yeah, uh, but I know that will expire as they become teenagers because they'll have thoughts and ideas, you know, about what they want to do. But I'm going to yeah. try to wait, ride it as long as I can. Oh um, yeah, but it prevents waste too because teenagers probably change their mind a hundred times. Tend to, yeah. <laughs> and so my daughter hasn't discovered the store yet. She hasn't discovered like, oh, so avoiding the princess stuff. She hasn't discovered like, oh, I can go get a princess Elsa shirt. Yeah. At the store. She just doesn't know that they exist. So I'm also not having to tell her, no, you can't have this thing for mm-hmm. all reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a hard thing to do. I mean, um, I have a mother who's very rebellious, and she probably would have. Put, she did. She did. She put Logan in whatever she. She wanted. did put it Logan was... in a dress, and Logan cried. It was amazing. <laughs> I have a picture of it. It was beautiful. And she tried so hard to put her in a dress, and Logan just sobbed. Yeah, was, what a weird dress! It was just amazing. I'm like, see, mom, she doesn't like the dress. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it's just it, fashion's hard, especially now because she's and she's also starting to wear makeup. So what kind of makeup do I buy for her? And I want her to be able to express herself that way. She's a very creative kid. So I don't wear makeup and I never did because I just never learned how to do it. Um, So what kind of... And I didn't like it. And yeah. You don't need it anyway. So what kind of makeup do I buy? You're beautiful. Yeah. He's got nice skin. Um, So what kind of makeup do I buy her? Because, you know, it's important to her and she wants to wear it. She does it because it makes her feel good. Not like she's trying to put out this image of flawless skin or anything. She just likes doing it. So that's been a journey too about how and why. Burt's Bees, um, there you have plastic stuff, but we've been doing the body shop and then there's a Canadian company called Elate and they're a zero waste um, natural makeup company. They are pricey though. So we're going to start once she gets a job, a summer job, (laughs) I'm going to... Maybe you can make your own. That might be a fun... I don't want to. (laughs) That's the other thing too. Or not. DIYing everything is, I was like, when we first got into zero waste, I was big on DIYing everything. It was stupid. And I had to let a lot of that go because it was like, I don't, I don't really actually want to do this. Some of it stuck and some of it didn't. So yeah, that's the other thing too. You don't have to DIY, DIY absolutely everything. Like the baby food and the, the bum cream and this, you can, if you want to, because it's a joy, you have time, you can do it. But if you don't, don't beat yourself yep. up over it. Other yeah. people make it and you can support their endeavors and their business too. Mm-hmm. Farmers markets are great for that. Oh yes, oh, yeah. they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Yeah, I've been trying to go through everything I use as I use it up and think, could I make this easily and mm -hmm. affordably in time, in, you know, in a, a sensible amount of time? Or should I just go buy more? Because th that's a hard decision you have to make yeah. when you're trying to reduce your waste. And uh, even without kids, it's overwhelming to think, mm -hmm. you know, house cleaners, face wash, laundry detergents. I mean, the list gets really big when you really start looking at it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So something's got to go, right? Pick and choose. Yes, you have to pick and choose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Lena mentioned that um, car seats have an expiration date. Mm -hmm. And um, most parents, I think, know this, that, that you can only use them for so many years. Uh, and then, you know, they're not as... as uh, effective. Um, but Target actually will take them back, recycle them and give you a 20% off coupon. Oh, wow. Another purchase that's if you need. Really cool. So that's uh, something I found out recently for those that want to dispose of them. That's mm -hmm. great. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you have something similar up there in Canada, but at least uh, I'm not, I'm you'd have sure. to look into it. Yeah. Uh, probably a Canadian tire or Walmart up here might, you'd have to mm -hmm. take a look at it. Yeah. I'm sure it exists though. We just Somewhere. have been out of car seats for a, a long, long time. time. <laughs> we don't. But used car seats, don't not use them because they're made of plastic or, you know, yeah. they produce waste, use mm -hmm. them. They're important. So, yes, please use them. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. So anything else you guys want to throw out there before we move on to uh, our green life hack? One, if I could, is these little guys. Family pets, they can produce their own waste. Uh, and I'm not just talking about poop. Um, toys. <laughs> uh, the, the toys that we get him, we tried. We tried. We tried so, so hard, hard to get some that were not, uh, that didn't have packaging. Uh, we, plastic. we actually found some that were uh, leather. They were all leather. And, and the they only had coconut dried coconut husk. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they still had a plastic squeaker in there for some reason, but uh, but at least it was you know it was all leather, so the dog was able to enjoy the toy. Uh, I didn't feel bad about him chewing through it as bad, uh, as much, um, but then they discontinued it, and so we were back to the other choices of toys, which are plastic crap. He so, likes to chew and destroy things. Yeah. just his toys though. But yeah, just his toys. Thankfully, so. yeah. We, I'm sure we could do a whole episode on sustainable pets. and. Uh, yeah, I just thought it would be uh, something to do because it's family pets. And he's our baby. He is the baby. He's the baby. Jen, do you have any uh, suggestions or experience with this since you do have dogs? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just found like these, I guess they're made out of cotton. They're just tightly bound like rope toys and they seem to last a lot longer. But yeah, he just tears through it <laughs> eventually. Um, and as far as the cat, she's she's a minimalist. You can hear her now. I she's like talking that. to you. <laughs> Needs her litter box. Yeah. Yeah, just um, the litter. I think the litter is pets. the biggest thing. Some people can teach their their pets to pee in the toilet. I need to do that. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> I have a friend who has their cat go out the dog door and pee outside and do their oh, business. There she is. So their yard is their litter box. I don't know. Yeah, my cat is in as a hybrid indoor outdoor cat. So he will actually beg at the back door to go outside. 
Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kat. Speaking of. He's like, wants to be a part of the party. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, cute. Yeah, that's a great point. Pets are uh, part of the family. And when you're thinking about, you know, lowering your impact, um, think about them as well. And, and sometimes even the food you buy pets can be in ridiculous packaging and individual bags or cans or whatever. So looking at, you know, if you have the option to choose, maybe pick the one with more sustainable packaging or recyclable at least. Um, or just they've even started, don't, don't they make, yeah. yeah. Don't they make like organic, non-GMO, like the, you know, like for animals now, the most ridiculous, I think it's expensive though. Yeah. And I've, I've also heard of uh, people um, just what they'll do is they'll barbecue a chicken or something like that. And they'll just make sure that they make a plain breast for their dog later or, you know, and, and that's uh, expensive. <laughs> what we do is we use our dog to kind of eliminate our food waste. So if we make a meal and it's a couple days in the fridge and we're not necessarily going to finish it, because we eat pretty healthy, we mm -hmm. eat we eat meat, but we are largely plant-based. If we're gonna have a side, it's usually something like rice. Um, and so, you know, it's it, when I look at the food, I'm like, there's nothing in here that's unhealthy for my dog right. because it's that I was okay eating. Um, so we'll often give her some of that to kind of supplement her food and that helps. They lick up the crumbs off the floor. It's also good little <laughs> <laughs> Ginger loves the baby because yeah, we feed her constantly. So. Oh yes, our old dog Gracie. She was around when the kids were little, and it was they a were best friends. It was like, a, oh god. She would give them a pre-wash before pre they had a bath. The mouth. <laughs> it's a good way to save on uh, paper towels or wipes, right? Yes. Also, boost their immune system. Big boost to the immune system. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. Well, the only other thing I want to bring up um, is a suggested reading for folks who, whether or not you have kids, it's a great book uh, called Last Child in the Woods. I think we've talked about this on the show a couple times. Mm -hmm. It's a book by Richard Louvre, and he essentially talks about um, nature, nature deficiency disorder and getting your vitamin N or, you know, nature. Um, and the, basically the benefits of exposing children to the outdoors and to unstructured play and just giving them the chance to um, explore because not only does it, you know, help them develop self-esteem, it also um, helps with their creativity and it helps them, you know, just learn things that they wouldn't learn if they had someone hovering over them. Um, so if you have that opportunity to offer that to your kids, I know, Living situations are different. If you live in a busy city, that may not be as much of an option, but getting your kids outdoors, um, taking them to the park or on walks and hikes. And um, the more you can get your kids outside, the more they'll develop an appreciation for nature and be more likely to want to preserve our natural environment and our world. Um, so check that book out, Last Child in the Woods. Anything y'all want to add to that or anything else for the show? Um, <laughs> just again, I'm, I'm going to stress it again. If you are, a, if you're struggling with with something because of the guilt of of not being sustainable or something like that, 
don't beat beat yourself up too much about it. There's something else that you can do to to lessen the impact somewhere else, right? So, um, just yeah, don't don't. It's hard enough being a parent. Yeah, don't beat, beat just yourself. Just keeping them up. alive is hard enough. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys mentioned that there are a lot of um, influencers and bloggers out there that kind of shame and guilt trip people. But who are some people that you follow that you would recommend the listeners to check out? Whether it's podcasters, bloggers, YouTubers, Instagrammers, stuff like that. Um, there, I'm only on Instagram, but there's. Um, one that I really like, her name is your eco friend. Her name is Sophie. She's out of Toronto. Um, she's, she's got a uh, four. She she has a little daughter um, and she's just really carefree with it and just kind of puts it. She's very transparent with, um, with the way they eat. Um, she was actually on CBC, which is the Canadian broadcasting um, network up here. And she actually swapped lives with a regular family in terms of consuming and had to buy plastic and all that stuff so that was documented it was really interesting she's great resource um and then another one that's she doesn't have any children but she just sort of um gives you really great reminders to be gentle yourself her name's um andrea sanders she goes by be zero waste girl and she's chosen not to have children um for personal environmental reasons she just has chosen not to she's 38 or 39 um but she just you know, reminds you like, it's okay. We live in a society that zero waste is not possible. So take it easy. Just do what you can do. Be mindful, be present. And those are nice reminders when you're sort of, you know, mindlessly scrolling through social media, feeling like a dirt bag because you, you know, you had to buy your daughter or, you know, an orthotic plastic toothbrush thingy because it cleans her braces and she needed the little flossy things. And yeah, <laughs> she'll let you know the world's not set up as a circular economy. Give yourself a break. It's okay. You're doing all right. Yeah. I really like a website called the, is it the good trade? Um, yeah, I believe it's the good trade and it just has a lot of resources about fair trade um, shoes, clothing, you know, baby bottles, stuff like that, that you can do. And it, it covers everything. It's not just for families. So the good trade is that what you said. Yeah. The good trade. And we'll link all of these, um, on our website, um, ethicallygeeky.com slash sustainably dash geeky. So if you want to go back and look, um, we'll have all that posted for you as well. All the things we've mentioned throughout the show. Um, Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to our green life hacks. So this is where we talk about an item or a practice or something that we've discovered or we've been using that's just great, life-changing, and helps us um, live more sustainably. Uh, who would like to go first? Any volunteers? I'll go. She's going to okay. go for me, too, Yeah, because I, I didn't know how to do this. <laughs> Come on, Ray. <laughs> These are okay. anyway, you guys are like super adorable. <laughs> I know, aren't they gross? <laughs> They're so gross. Sorry. I have to see this on two other podcasts. It's like <laughs> And then she's coming here. over to our house this summer. Forget it. She's gonna get like real life experience yeah. with how we interact with <laughs> I'm gonna be like oh. barfing outside. Gross. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> So this is Ray's lunch kit. This is Planet Box. There it is. That's my contribution. Oh, yeah. 
So the kids are dirty right now. I have to wash them. So um, these are washable. Um, I think they have a program where you can return them. Um, but this is, they have three different styles of lunchbox. This is Ray's. It's stainless steel. And then, so it's got this really handy dandy latch. latch. And you just open it up and there's all your food. So two, three compartments. The kids have four. I'm full when I eat that. Like yes. it doesn't look like it's a lot. <laughs> so they come with, yeah. And then, so this website is customized for whatever box you bought. So this is the one for the big slot. It's glass and it's got a silicone top on it. So you can store whatever you want in there. And then they got these little dippers. So this is stainless steel silicone top. So you can throw everything in the dishwasher. We don't have one, but you can throw it in the dishwasher. I do believe this is microwave safe. Yep. Um, Tested. Yeah, but these are, they're a little upfront cost. I think they're 50 bucks American, but they're, we've had Logan and Grace for nine years now and they're like indestructible. And this is the part that uh, we were yeah. talking about. Yeah, we had to replace it's literally, that part. It's literally just a, yeah. a piece and you can that order you can just take the off. Part. And then, yeah, you replace it. And... Yeah, and then that's, it's good to go. But we love them. The kids love them. They were really great when they were little because they just had to do the latch, open it up, and all their food was there. Um, and they have, they come with ice packs, uh, forks and not a reusable cutlery set, um, magnets to make it fun. We don't do magnets anymore. Um, yeah, Planet Box. They're great. They're based out of California. So we've been using them, yeah, for nine years now. And it's really worth the investment. I like that it's uh, metal around the glass because a lot of times you worry about ringing glass because it could break, obviously. Yeah. So that protects yeah. it. Yeah. They're, and they're very, very sturdy. They've survived the kids, and that's a Which, good test. That's a hell of a test. Especially with our daughter. She's rough on everything. <laughs> and uh, uh, when I ordered mine, uh, we told the kids that we would order them new uh, exterior cases as well. Yeah. So their original ones lasted, what, seven years? Seven years, yeah. So that's... Yeah. And the, the only reason why they didn't last longer is because the kids were really, really hard, hard on them. them. You don't think they are, but they are. That could be your dog. Your dog's next chew toy that when they wear out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not sure that's good for his digestive system, know. but that's yeah, okay. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> also, uh, Jen, what do you have for us this week or this month? So, um, this is a little bit one of those like don't feel guilty about <laughs> like doing things for certain reasons. So for me. Um, because I'm learning about emerging contaminants that the EPA is putting out for health concerns, um, there's something new called PFAS. It's polyfluorinated compounds. They're basically just chemicals that have been fluorinated, um, which just happened to be in your dental floss. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I researched as best I could for... Um, dental floss that did not have PFAS in it and I found this but it has so it has like the natural I guess beeswax on it so that it can like glide through your teeth instead of like the glide <laughs> um, floss. and that's can you tell what uh, what it is for the folks that aren't watching oh I'm sorry this is um, so I was comparing glide <laughs> to uh, shoot, floss, yeah, teeth floss, floss. Um, yeah, floss. <laughs> With Tom's brand, it's just the naturally waxed um, brand of floss. 
Um, my only complaint about it is that, like, you have to use a lot of it because it kind of deteriorates after multiple uses. You kind of have to, like, slide down the line a little bit longer. Um, and then I also decided that because it was also kind of thicker and it was just harder to floss with it, that I was going to invest in a water pick. So I don't know if this is like the most sustainable option necessarily, but it, for my, I don't know, I guess I kind of got a little freaked out about like PFAS and contaminants in my floss. So I went out and I bought a water pick. So here it is, if you can see, if you're watching. Um, and it's nice. rechargeable, so you just kind of like plug it in whenever it needs a little charge. So it's rechargeable, and I don't know, I'm not putting chemicals in my mouth anymore. So I feel I feel better about it. I did try that Tom's floss, and it is really hard to move because it's so thick, and yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> but the water pick is great too. Awesome, Lena. What do you have for us? Um, I think mine is going to be a little bit about upcycling. Children come with a bunch of stuff, but also sentiment sometimes will get to us and you want to hold on to those baby clothes in a box for them. My mom gave me my baby box when I was uh, right after I delivered my second child and um, I'm not going to use any of it. Surprise, surprise. So it's like, thank you, mom, for saving all of this stuff that I can't use. So for my kids, what I've done is I've saved their sheets because I made all of their sheets. We accidentally, and it's a whole story. We accidentally bought a European size crib instead of an American size crib. They're different. Yeah. Yep. European sheets in America. So I had to make my own sheets anyway. So I've saved their sheets and I'm going to use their onesies that were stained to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to hand this down. This isn't hand downable. Um, but I'm going to cut up what parts are good from it and then make it into a baby quilt to save for oh. them instead of a baby box. So that's all. That's so awesome. you're saving things for sentiment and repurposing them into something that can be used. Yeah. Sentiment is hard with kids. So hard. I remember going through the art that Logan went through and I'm like, I can't throw this out. Yeah. Uh, it means nothing to her. It's, no, it's, it's us. Yeah, yeah. It's us. Yeah, sentiment's hard with kids. Take a picture of it. I don't know. What do you? It's not the same. It's not the same. To do is make a photo book. Yeah, it's hard. Take a picture of all of your kids' art and make them a photo book that's for like each year of school or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just really hard. To I'm sentimental anyway. So we actually it. got one of them framed. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Logan's right there. She did it when she was seven. The flower. Beautiful. Yeah. They have boxes now. Awesome. Well, my in the box. Mm -hmm. oh. um, my green life hack is this awesome safety razor I just got within the last Ooh. month. So I've been wanting a safety razor for a while, but I made myself use up my old stuff first. So this one is, as you can see, mermaid colored. <laughs> it's it's uh, multicolored, it's rainbow. I, of course, researched different ones online. This one had great reviews. So the way it works is the um, the bottom here screws up and then the top opens. Mm -hmm. And you can put, use, not reusable, but um, recyclable stainless steel blades that are very thin and very sharp, I found out, um, by barely touching them and cutting myself. <laughs> but uh, the idea is you're 
you're not using the plastic, right? And you can recycle the blades. So um, they're the old fashioned safety blades as you see everywhere. And, and they're becoming a big, you know, big in the zero waste community. And I used it and I liked it so far. So we'll see the, the downside is it is just one blade. So for people that are used to shaving with like three or four, might take some getting used to. It is also very sharp. So you have to be careful with how much pressure you apply. But I also sprung for the little stand to hold it in. Okay. So I like it so far and I'm excited because I've, like I said, been wanting one of these for a while. Um, so yeah. I've been wanting a safety straight razor. blade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like the, the yeah, old little flip knife thing to just to, yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how these things um, that we, that used to be so common and practical, we just stopped using for other things that are more convenient, but so much more wasteful. Mm -hmm. So looking back at stuff that used to work, it's like, why did we stop using it? it still works, right? <laughs> So on that note, um, thank you guys for your time and Lena for being on. I think we learned a lot of great stuff. And um, our next show is going to be about ways to be green at work. And we're going to have another guest on um, named Thomas Jelly. And he is a expert in sustainability and um, he does a lot of stuff globally. So I'm really excited to hear from him. Um, before we go, uh, let's go around and say where everyone can be found online. Jen, are you on the Al Gore, Al Gore's internet anywhere? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Just this show. You're on Sustainably Geeky. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Ray and Chris, where can we find you guys online? Uh, yeah, so you can find me uh, on Instagram as uh, the Reluctant Yeti uh, or on Twitter. I'm there too. Uh, if you haven't found out why I'm the reluctant Yeti, it's, uh, some, something my wife called me cause I'm built for the cold weather and, and I hate the cold weather. So, it's <laughs> um, so yeah, you can find me there. Uh, also on epically geeky, uh, and then, uh, marginally geeky when we do the, the show, uh, you know, we're a little delayed on that one. I'm on chapter 50. <laughs> I'm getting there. 50? Yeah. 50. How many chapters? Right. I forgot. 89. There's a lot. 89. The sucker's a 14-hour read. So, so we're, uh, you know, um, so that I'll part of that as well. So, yeah. And once in a while, I'll jump on these ones. I might be on the next one, too. That's uh, a yeah. good one. Yeah, especially the company you work for. Correct. Yeah. Think for a nuclear plant. Yeah. You know what? You might be surprised. We are very careful with the waste, and I can get into it. Oh, no. That's what I mean. It's oh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. incredible. Uh, you can find me here. Chris, where can we find you? Here. I can't with the science. I try. I'm like Penny <laughs> from Big Bang Theory. She just like glazes over, but wants to know. I can't. It doesn't compute. It's fine. <laughs> find me here. Uh, you can find me at Marginally Geeky, um, which I think we're doing our next one June 5th or 6th. Um, and then uh, marginally, uh, I mean, epically geeky. And we just did an episode about um, the Avengers Endgame. Very spoilery. Don't watch Lots it. If you, don't watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, and then on Instagram at Cedar Birch Cottage. Although I haven't posted anything in a really long time, but been a while. Been a while. Been a while. But I'm on there. Awesome. Lena, where can we find you online? No, where to be found. I am removing my online presence uh, slowly but surely. So, 
Okay, that's fine. Well, we got the exclusive here. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Het's Gonna Be Me. Of course, on this show, Sustainably Geeky, and also on our parent show, Epically Geeky and Marginally Geeky, uh, the book club podcast that we do. Thank you guys for listening. Um, please remember to subscribe and look us up on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. And we have also added the shows to uh, Pandora and Spotify, so you can find us there as well. Um, we appreciate you listening and subscribing. And of course, giving us a five-star rating really helps sharing the show um, so that others can find it and learn all about sustainability with you guys. So thanks for listening. Have a great night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs>